0: your hearing today isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7 and it says for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father amen are you glad for those titles he's the prince of peace of the increase of his government and of the peace, and of peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, for henceforth, even forever, the zeal of Jehovah, of hosts, will perform this. And someone said, Amen. You may be just seated today as I talked to you a little bit about coming and adoring him. It's easy to speak about Jesus because he's kept me all these days. Um, Turned 40 this year, so I'm getting old. (laughs) 40 is the year of new things. Um, God gave Nineveh 40 days. There's all kinds of 40s in the Bible. It's usually a time of transformation. It's a time of a new thing starting. And I'm just believing that God's starting something new here in 40. Amen. I'm grateful because... The story is interesting how God chose to come to man and he didn't leave us lonely. Thank you, Seth, for that beautiful depiction of why he came. And thank you for being here and reverencing him today because we come to adore him. Amen? And we come to adore him because he first came, because he adored us. He loved us so much that he gave himself and he, through the womb of a woman, a virgin, in fact not seeing man but knowing that an angel had over the holy ghost had overshadowed her she knew she was with child and i wonder how long it took for her to to just ponder that and wait for that first kick or that first moment of knowing it was real it was really true that i have a child born of god in me and it's interesting that all the things that mary may have gone through but the bible says that he loved us with an everlasting love and in order for him to come and do what he needed to do to spare us and save us. In order for a living soul to be saved from sin, a living soul has to be sacrificed. Because sin, we know, requires death. And and in doing that, he came and he was born. But I was curious as to why he chose the way he did. Because really the story is about a book, a baby, and a new beginning. All of this can be whittled down and, and summed up in that one sentence. It's about a book, the Bible, about a baby, Jesus, who came, and about a new beginning offered to us. Amen. Are you glad for new beginnings? Are you glad you can start over? Amen. So good to know that we can begin again forever was the landscape of our spiritual life changed when Jesus showed up it's recorded not only in Jewish history but in Chinese history they saw the star at the same time that Jesus was born in Bethlehem and the star of David was shown over top of the manger it said that even in Chinese culture they saw this star far but they didn't know what it was for it's not just one culture that noticed it it was for all cultures God came to save a world amen he wasn't just born in Bethlehem because he wanted to save his people the jewish people that he had chosen he wanted to save every living soul aren't you glad for redemption story it's truly about a book a baby and a new beginning amen we can start with the book he gave us it is his word on on what would happen and it did happen. Amen. Are you glad it didn't just happen and no no one wrote it down? Amen. Somebody put it in the book and it's inspired by God. Isaiah prophesied the most about Jesus Christ coming more than any other major prophet in the Old Testament. And they some say there's many as many as 900 different prophecies that Jesus would have had to fulfill. And if he was just human, he would have never been able to do it. it even the fact that he fulfilled would have fulfilled maybe half of those prophecies would have been instrumental in in being an absolutely inexplicable miracle, but the fact that he fulfilled every single prophecy in the book, amen, when he became a baby and lived his life, tells us that he is God in flesh. That he's God come to save us. Amen. That he's the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. This great salvation that we have, a privilege of knowing and experiencing was told in a story that God put in his book. Someone say amen. So this book we carry around is not just some history lesson. It is actually the story of God ordained men writing about a baby that would come and sacrifice its life in the will and then the plan of. God he would live out his days 30 something years in fact and then die on a cross because he wanted us to know that he loved us somebody said amen and with this Bible, we know we must repent. Aren't you glad there's more written in there about the story of Jesus Christ? Because he died, we must repent. We know that in this book that it's commanded that we be baptized in Jesus' name. Someone said amen for the book. We know that in the book it says we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? And that his spirit can live inside of us. With this Bible, the book that we cherish so much, and some of us pray over it, somebody somebody said that you don't have a tear in your beard, you have a, a tear in your Bible. because we pray over it. We love it. We seek it. It's given to us by inspiration of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us, and it's profitable for what? For doctrine. It's it's given to us for reproof. This book is given to us for correction. It's given to us for instruction in righteousness. It's given to us that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, or thoroughly able to function unto all good works, but it does nothing. And it it doesn't matter what's in this book if you Don't care to pursue good works with your life. This book means nothing to you if you don't want to live a good life, amen, for God. But if you do, if you want to do good things, if you want to see riches in your life that money cannot buy, if you want to know the love that's so deep, deeper than any ocean, if you want to know a peace that passes all understanding, if you want a hope that cannot be turned into hopelessness and a fire on the inside of you by the power of the Holy Ghost that cannot be snuffed out, this book will tell you how to get that this book is what leads us and guides us and helps us it's the bible someone said amen it's the word of God and so I'm grateful for the book someone said amen Amen. this book is it contains the mind of God it contains the state of man it contains the way of salvation it contains the salvation of sinners and the happiness of believers are you glad about that its doctrines are holy, amen, yes. its precepts are binding, amen, its stories are true. Yes. yes, they are. Let's thank God for that. Its stories are true. It's not just something made up. It's, and its decisions are immutable. You can read it to be wise. How many know you can read it to be wise? Yes. Hallelujah, you've been praying all my life for wisdom. May not have all the education I want yet, but I've been praying all my life for wisdom. Last night I knelt in this place and prayed for two hours. God, give me wisdom, and he does that, amen? The word can make you wise. If you believe it, it can make you safe. And if you practice it, it will help you to be holy. Someone said amen. It's the Bible. It contains light to direct you, food for your substance of your soul, and comfort for you, uh, comfort to cheer you up when you need to be cheered up. Amen? It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here is paradise restored in this word. In this word, it tells us how heaven is open to us and how we can get there and how to push back or how to dispel the gates of hell. Amen. Somebody said amen. Christ. Is the one who is the key instrument of its scriptures. It is about a baby born in a manger. Christ is its grand object. Our good, our good is the word's design and the glory. And all glory is to God alone. And that is the word's end. I'm grateful for the book. Amen. It should fill our memory because if it rules in our heart, it keeps us from sinning against God. It's a guide to our life. It teaches our hands how to work godly. And it also guides our feet. And it lights our path. It is the book that sustains me. It's the book that strengthens me. And it's the book that keeps me. Amen. It should be every in every part of our life. It should center around every section of our day. We should read it slowly. We should read it frequently, and we should read it prayerfully. It is the book of Almighty God. It is the mind of wealth. It is the paradise of glory and its rivers of pleasure forevermore. It involves the highest responsibility. It will reward laborers, and it condemns all who trifle with its contents. It. Is is the book of god the bible and it is anointed and it is giving us life day in and day out it is a living word and if you open it it will give you judgment it will give you understanding and it will give you the ability to remember all that he's done for you i'm grateful for the book today amen let's give god a great hand for the bible A.W. Tozer said this about God's word. He said, The great need of the hour among persons spiritually hungry is twofold. First, to know the scriptures apart from which no saving truth will be vain. Uh, vouchsafed by our Lord. And number two, the second thing is to be enlightened by the spirit apart from the scriptures will not be understood without being enlightened by the spirit apart from scripture. You cannot understand the word. I'm thankful that a baby came, that a book was written and a baby came so that I could be filled with the Holy Ghost and understand the book. Amen. It's all working together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's interesting that God gives us a book that we can master life with. I'm so grateful for that. Then I'm grateful for a baby. Why did Jesus come? Why didn't he show up like Adam? Mature, shaven, and and ready to live life. Why didn't he come fully, fully developed? I don't know, but I can tell you this, that when he came as a baby, he came vulnerable. He came vulnerable. Well, babies can't change themselves. Babies can't keep themselves. He put himself into the form that required his creation to take care of the creator. Have you ever thought about that? He put himself so low that he put himself under his creation. So that we would have no doubt that he would be so fragile and so frail that truly it would have to be God in flesh performing the prophecies in the book in order for it to ever come out the way it was supposed to. There's no way that you can look at this story and ever say that that is not God in flesh because there's no way that the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the king of kings could have orchestrated anything that happened in the first few years of his life because he was a child. He had no management capabilities. He had no professional abilities to make things happen or to organize anything. And yet the word came true. This baby was God wrapped in flesh. Amen. He was born. He was begotten. He had a Date on his frame that began. Now I'm forty years old, like I told you, but that's the date of this body, not of my spirit, my soul. I'm grateful because I, I feel young on the inside. This thing might I be? Te- I'm tethered to this body, and sometimes it doesn't want to do everything I wanted to do because I still feel young on the inside. But one of these days, I'm going to be set free from this body because a baby came and purchased me, and I get to go to heaven. Amen. So one day, I'm going to be dancing again with little old sister Irma, who used to go to our church. She was bent over with arthritis but she would get out in the aisle and she'd start doing one of these because she's like I'm young on the inside. The house might be caving in but I'm still that girl on the inside that loves to praise the Lord. I'm grateful for a book that said I can worship Him in the times when I can't barely move anymore. I love God for giving me the chance to be a servant of Him when I can barely serve anymore. I'm thankful for a God that knows how to save a soul when they're 98 in a deathbed, and he can fill them with his spirit while they lay there while they gave their whole life to something else and didn't know anything better they can find it before they go and I'm grateful for that I've been a lot of things to a lot of people in life I've been a pastor I've been a youth pastor I've been a friend I've been a help I've been an assistant pastor I've been an administrative pastor I've been all kinds of things and I'm grateful for that and from those experiences Experiences, I was able to help somebody get out of what they came out of. I, I had, don't get me wrong, I'm not any better than anybody else. I had more, I had more titles than a prize fighter. I had more issues than Time Magazine. <laughs> I, I had I had things that went on and, and I had to learn how to conquer them. But I stand before you a pure man, privileged, humbly privileged to have conquered everything. Not because I was any better, but because a baby was born and I could walk out of everything I struggled with. That is worth saying in the house of God. I want you to know that I conquered nicotine at the age of 16 when introduced to cigarettes by a middle school friend who didn't like, and I didn't even really like the smell of smoke, but coming into church, checking my hands, making sure I don't smell like smoke or checking my clothes or doing what I had to do because I was still playing drums while I was doing those things. And I wanted out of that situation, but just because I didn't like the smoke didn't mean I didn't like the friends that smoked, amen? So I still hung out with the wrong people doing the wrong things, but one day I decided Jesus, that baby. Baby born was more important than hanging out with those friends, and I broke that curse and conquered that thing in Jesus' name. I wanted—I got introduced driving up a mountain uh, as a junior in high school to marijuana. That stuff I didn't have a struggle with at all. I smoked it once, didn't even know what it was. I, it smelled worse than a wet gorilla. It was horrible, and so I had never had a problem with that from the day from that day on. I conquered pornography because my cousin introduced me to magazines in a clubhouse. And I didn't know any better but I began to look at it and it got a hold of my heart but I knew when I was going to Bible college I needed to beat it so I fasted for two weeks and prayed and conquered that thing because I knew that God had a plan on my life and a baby was born for me not to stay addicted to anything but to become a conqueror and I am still a conqueror and I know that I have beat these things and I'm grateful for it but I've only beat them because of a book, a baby, and a new beginning. Even though as a pastor I can help people beat the same things that I've beaten. Beaten Is that a word? Beat the same things that I have been able to conquer and put under my feet and never go back to. Even though I'm able to say, I know where you are. I know it doesn't satisfy. I've been there. I've done that. I got the t-shirt. I wore it out. I washed my car with it. I've already done all of those things but I want you to know that even though I can help people like that because I've been there and come out of it it's not like that with Jesus Jesus has been here walked our dirt walked through our dirty sod on this earth and he was tempted like all of us but unlike him where he can relate to us he doesn't relate to us in the area that we think like I can help somebody because I've been there he was perfect without sin but because he was perfect Perfect. He could die for all of us men who were imperfect. Amen. Because he did what he did. Because he was tempted yet without sin. He could die perfect for us. I'm grateful. So unless he came as a baby. Purpose to purchase us. He would miss the circumstances and understand that throughout all his entire life. He was destined for a cross. He was born to die for us. Never been able to really understand how powerful it is. And even though I was able to conquer those things with the help of God, there's nothing like having a new beginning. If you've ever needed to start over, if you've never needed a reset button, Jesus gave it. He begave. He gave himself and he gave gifts to men so that we could have a new beginning. He was the first birth. The Bible says he's the first fruits so that we know that we must get up again that we must be born again. and Spiritually, we must have a rebirth. It's not good enough to conquer it. I could have conquered all those things that I just talked about on willpower if I had strong enough willpower. And I've done a lot of things as a pastor and trying to build a church here, but, you, uh, you know, and, and watching other pastors and seeing how they do it and learning how to do it and thinking, we need this, or we need that, or we got to do this, we got to do that. And having people tell me, well, pastor, you can't be so emotional. You you shouldn't be a pastor that gets up and weeps in the pulpit and cries. You want to know what? Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. If I got to be a weeping pastor to build a church in Brookfield, I'm going to be a weeping pastor because if I got to stay on my knees and pray to bring somebody a new beginning, I'm going to do it. I don't care if anybody goes with me. I'm going to be a praying, I'm going to be a powerful, I'm going to be anointed pastor because I want a new beginning for somebody besides me. I was grateful for what I have, and I will pray and thank God for what I have, but this isn't about me anymore. It is about those that are out there that need a new beginning like I had. They need a start over. They need a a reset button. They need a privilege of coming in and somebody not judging them, but saying there's a book that can change your life. There was a baby that was You if you will, but come and adore him. Paul, when he finished his life, he said, "There is a crown laid up for me of righteousness for all those who love his appearing. If you look in the original Greek, those that love his appearing, that word appearing, if you look it up in Greek, It says the advent. I always thought that that meant those that love his coming back to earth to come and get us. No, it means he said, Paul said, there is a crown of righteousness laid up for me in heaven for all those that love the appearance of that baby. For all those that love his coming to earth. Do you love that he came Do you love that we have a book? Do you love that he was a baby that became a man and died? And do you love the fact that we have a new beginning in this place today? Tanya, would you join me? We're going to sing, oh, come, let us. Would you stand with me today? I'm grateful for a baby, a book, and a new beginning. So what about you today? What about you need to be reset. What, are, what about you this Christmas? Uh, all this Christmas shopping we're doing and all this hustle and bustle and everything that we've got to get done before Christmas. Sometimes Christmas is more work than it seems like it should be. But every single Sunday, there's an opportunity for somebody to have a new beginning in this place. I want to experience Almighty God. I want to have an encounter with Him that reminds Him that I I'm not just after a crown of righteousness, Paul. I adore His coming. So because He loved us so much, He came and and because He adored us, can we sing to Him about adoring Him? Is that okay today? How many love His appearing? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing.